Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Poem Peeps and our second episode coming direct to you from the ATS 2023 International Conference. We had a great episode yesterday about the conference in general, and today we're really excited to hone in a bit more specifically and hear about a great session that's coming up. Uh, Christina, how's your trip into D.C. so far? I know you just finished a session on bronchiectasis. Yeah, for, no, it's been wonderful. Yeah, I just did a CF and, and bronchiectasis and breathlessness session, which was great. So many interesting questions were asked. And I think my favorite thing so far is just walking from session to session and running into people that you know and that you haven't seen in a while. Totally. I'm very jealous. I know. I wish you were here. Everyone's asking where my other half is. So they said <laughs> next ATS 2024 will be together. Yeah, hashtag 2024. <laughs> Awesome. And I know many of you listening today know that the ATS has multiple assemblies based on interests and fields within respiratory disease and critical care. Each of them hosts multiple events at the conference, including symposiums, pre-courses, as well as poster sessions that could be thematic or poster discussion sessions. Yeah. And I really think these assemblies are just a great way to focus on your interest and to meet people within your desired field who are doing some great work and doing great clinical work. And it's just a, an awesome networking opportunity. So we're joined today in collaboration with the Critical Care Assembly by a member of that assembly to discuss a symposium that is being held Tuesday afternoon. We are recording this Monday afternoon. It's coming out Tuesday morning. If you're listening early today, you can still make this session. It's called Cardiac Arrest, New Science and Changing Guidelines. It'll be at 2.15 today in room 150 A and B. So if you're interested after listening to this, make sure you check it out. Totally. And I can't wait to talk more with our guests today about this session and for a new collaboration with ATS Critical Care Assembly. We've done some work and collaborations with the ATS Clinical Problems Assembly in the past, but we're really great for this new initiative. And for anyone else who enjoys listening to this episode today, we're going to be having a few more come out. So also stay tuned for that and follow along with us. And today, I'm honored to introduce Dr. Ari Moskowitz. Ari is an assistant professor of medicine at Montefiore Medical Center, Albert Einstein College of Medicine. He's additionally the Mickey director at Montefiore Einstein, as well as a director of critical care quality improvement. So I'm sure I'm sure you're busy on all of your days there, Ari. <laughs> in addition to that, he's an NIH-funded researcher and has conducted research in cardiac arrest, sepsis, as well as ARDS. Thanks so much for coming into the show. And I know you just you just got off the plane coming from New York, so we appreciate you being here. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm a longtime listener of the show and a really big fan, so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. Monty, I should say, we should say we also did an ATS RCMB assembly. We don't want to leave anybody out. <laughs> we also talked to them. And, and any other assemblies are listening, we're more than welcome to chat and put together some episodes. I also want to acknowledge that our your co-chairs on the symposium were Dr. Kate Berg and Dr. Rebecca Sell. We've all been in touch talking about this. They're outstanding experts in the field. They unfortunately can't join us today, but we're excited to, to see the session tomorrow or later today and hear the great talks that they've helped put together. Yeah, we miss them. Absolutely. So we're really excited to dive in. Our standard disclaimer, this podcast is not for specific advice and our views are our own and may not res represent our respective employers. So let's dive in. Awesome. And to get things started, Ari, one of the, my initial questions for you as one of the chairs of this symposium, I know that you and others had to work to submit this and the Critical Care Assembly, of course, felt this would be a valuable session to include in the programming this year. But just a general question to start us off, why do you think it's important to discuss cardiac arrest this year at ATS 2023? That, that's really a great question. And we feel that cardiac arrest is really under-recognized in its impact on public health. 
Recent research has shown that cardiac arrest is a leading cause of disability-adjusted life year loss in the United States. Despite this, research into cardiac arrest really lags behind that of other conditions with similar morbidity and mortality. Despite a number of inherent challenges, though, to doing cardiac arrest research, this year we saw a number of highly impactful studies published that we thought would be really of interest to the ATS community. That's wonderful and can't wait to hear more about it. And I think as we all know, at least the three of us know and those listening today know that cardiac arrest care can involve multiple members of a multidisciplinary team as well as specialties. And any one of us in the hospital from med student all the way up to senior faculty can encounter a patient who suffered an arrest and potentially be the first person to respond. And I know for many, this can be a scary experience and one that people can get exposure to during training. But I want to ask Ari, who's the target audience for this symposium and what can they broadly hope to learn? Yeah, absolutely. The target audience is really anyone who takes care of cardiac arrest patients. So many ATS members who work in the ICU setting, taking care of post-arrest patients or who are part of a code team in the hospital. Even though we often work with cardiac arrest patients, ATS has historically not included much cardiac arrest related content. And that's why we thought this was important. I get questions all the time from my fellow intensivists and ICU nurses and respiratory therapists about many aspects of intra-arrest and post-arrest care. And understanding the desire my colleagues had for more information is what inspired us to do this session. Yeah, totally. And I can't emphasize enough how much I feel like this is underemphasized in the past, especially in the ICU today. I feel like you can't really have a unit for a week and not be taking care of a post-arrest patient and so many great things for us to learn. An important focus for ATS this year, and really for all of us to consider, is not just the science on these topics, but also we heard yesterday about the disparities that all of these topics can raise and things that we need to address. We've learned that our science often disproportionately fails underrepresented and marginalized members of society. So Ari, I know one session in the symposium is focused on disparities in cardiac arrest care, and I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about these disparities and the things our listeners should be aware of. Definitely. Dr. Sarah Perman, who's really a world leader in cardiac arrest science and associate professor at the University of Colorado, will be discussing new data regarding disparities in cardiac arrest. For some time, it has been well recognized that marginalized communities are less likely to receive bystander CPR after cardiac arrest. And we do know that early bystander CPR is a key factor in neurologic recovery. Using the Nationwide CARES Registry, which is really a tremendous resource for us cardiac arrest researchers, Dr. Garcia and Dr. Paul Chan recently published work in the New England Journal of Medicine showing that black patients are less likely than white patients to receive CPR both in public and in private locations. Clearly, there's a lot of work to do here. And to me, one clearly modifiable element in disparity in CPR, in CPR resuscitation is really in training and training leading to different rates of bystander CPR. This is true in public settings, but especially true in private settings. Other nations, especially in Europe, have been successful in getting CPR training into school curriculums and better integrated into community programs. That's one thing we're working on at Montefiore that all of your listeners maybe can advocate for locally and really think could help start to close some of the gaps that we see in this disparity. Yeah, totally. I, I, my listeners may know from things we put out, but I just had a baby three months ago and my parents just took like their first BCLS, BLS class to know about this. And it's just amazing how helpful these classes are for everybody, but how hard they are to access and how you don't really know about it unless you go looking for it. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable efforts by people to address this. And hopefully we can teach more and more people about this type of care. 
So let's talk a little bit more about some of this new science that we're going to be addressing in the symposium. Our listeners will have to go to the session to learn everything, but we want to bring up some key points here. I know one of the sessions is about intra-arrest medications, and we're all familiar with our ACS algorithms. I think it's very powerful what medications they recommend, and we use them often. But there's a lot of variability when you're running a code. And I know there's often medicines that people turn to that are not specifically in the algorithm, like bicarbonate or calcium. So Ari, I was hoping you could tell us about who is leading that part of the session and some of the major medications that will be discussed. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be happy to. Dr. Lars Anderson is just a tremendous young investigator from Denmark who will be leading this talk. Dr. Anderson actually did his PhD work with Kate Berg and I at BIDMC, where Firf, I know you are now but has since blossomed into a world leader in cardiac arrest research and clinical trial conduct. Dr. Anderson will discuss his recent trial regarding the use of calcium in out-of-possible cardiac arrest, which had some unexpected findings. I don't want to spoil it for you, but you can hear tomorrow. He will also give us a broad overview regarding research into other commonly used medications of cardiac arrest, including things like bicarbonate. Thanks, Ari. Are there any other medications that are not ready for primetime discussion, but that are considered in the arrest literature that our listeners could delve into? Yeah, absolutely. There's lots, which is why it's exciting, an exciting field to be in. But as you'll hear from Dr. Anderson, another hot topic medication right now is bicarbonate. Work that, that I did along with Lars and Kate at BIDMC using the American Heart Association Get With the Guidelines Registry show that bicarbonate is used in over 50% of in-hospital cardiac arrests with initial non-shockable rhythms and that use has been going up substantially over time. This use is despite really limited data and a lot of theoretical concerns regarding the potential harm of bicarbonate in cardiac arrest. Fortunately, and as you'll hear tomorrow, there may be some evidence light at the end of the, t- at the, end of the tunnel coming. So excited to hear about that. Thanks, Ari. So I know one hot topic in the past few years in the arrest literature has been about eCPR and a lot of hospitals, including BI, where we've just been talking about, are working on establishing this and using it more often. Can you tell us why this has been such a big topic of discussion recently and what will be discussed at the symposium today? Yeah, absolutely. eCPR is a very exciting and very powerful tool that can resuscitate even the sickest of our patients. I think the challenge with eCPR that we've learned is who to use it and when to use it. Many centers have struggled with that, both for out-of-hospital cardiac arrest and in-hospital cardiac arrest. There's been a few trials looking at this very question that Dr. Bartos and his talk tomorrow will go over to really understand where the science is and how we should be applying this really powerful tool to our patients. Thanks, Ari. And to follow that up, I know another broad topic that can be talked a lot about in this arena is targeted temperature management. And I'm wondering if you're going to highlight anything in your session tomorrow that you want to share with us at this time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is a session that Dr. Kate Berg was going to do, but unfortunately, due to an emergency, can't make it. But we'll still be having the talk, and it will really focus on the ins and outs of targeted temperature management. I think there is a lot of misconceptions regarding temperature management after cardiac arrest, and recent trials have perhaps shed a more negative or ambivalent light on the use of targeted temperature after cardiac arrest. If you ask me, I think that might be a bit short-sighted. And tomorrow, I think you'll hear a bit about why um, that is and what the trials do show us and what they don't yet teach us and where we go from here. Awesome, Ari. And I know one of the final components tomorrow to the session of the symposium sounds incredibly unique. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about this session that will include Inezi Uzendu that, you'll be, that he'll be leading. Honestly, you just need to come and hear this talk. It's truly incredible. Dr. Uzendu's personal story is really something, and I think will reignite everyone's desire for cardiac arrest resuscitation. 
Cardiac arrest survivorship was recently added as the final link in the chain of survival after cardiac arrest, as we increasingly recognize that survival does not end with ROSC. The AHA recently put out a scientific statement authored by Dr. Kelly Sawyer, another cardiac arrest survivor, and others highlighting the research and resources, resource gaps regarding cardiac arrest survivorship and a roadmap for clinicians. I highly recommend Dr. Uzendu's talk as well as this scientific statement because survivorship is really the next step in our cardiac arrest journey. Yeah, that's incredible. I feel like this is a natural step that a lot of topics are taking now. We've talked on the show about PICS and post-ICU survivorship, and it's great that people are shedding light on this and that in, it's incredible that some people have experienced it themselves and then are, are leading the science in the field. So that'll be a very cool talk. I'll be sad to miss it. So finally, Ari, you're an expert in cardiac arrest and resuscitation science. So while we have you on Palm Beams, we can't help ourselves to just ask you some stuff outside of the symposium. We're all about medical education here. So a question for you is, how can we be training our providers better to prepare for cardiac arrest? This is going to happen. It's going to happen to everybody in the hospital. And so what should we be doing to give them the tools for that? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. I think cardiac arrest has a leg up on many other elements because we have regular training through ACLS courses and regular recertification. But it is challenging. Cardiac arrest is a high-intensity, low-frequency event. These types of events really need to be rehearsed, and data suggests that the best way to prepare is with regular, multidisciplinary, multiprofessional in-situ simulation. That's cardiac arrest simulation that takes place in a hospital bed that's empty, on the wards, and involves not just doctors, but doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, pharmacists, all working together. Uh, because if you don't practice the way that you're going to do it in real life, it's just not going to be as effective. This is not always easy to achieve, but when you do achieve it, it can be really extremely effective. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone's ever been in one of these. If you get your heart starts pumping when you're in the simulated yeah. event, they can be really realistic. That's great. All right, I know that cardiac arrest is an ever-evolving field, and in your opinion, what will we be talking about in three to five years with the next iteration of arrest guidelines? Yeah, there's a lot of really exciting research going on in resuscitation right now. And one particular interest of mine and Dr. Berg's and Dr. Sells is how do we think about in-hospital cardiac arrest? Just like in pediatric medicine, pediatric patients are not just little kids. And we think that in-hospital cardiac arrest is really not the same as out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. There are numerous differences in terms of common etiologies, response timeliness, response expertise, post-arrest care considerations, equipment. These are really important things to, to think about. This has been recognized. And actually, there's an international group through ILCOR which is meeting in Australia actually right after this conference to really focus on in-hospital cardiac arrest as its own unique entity. I think that in three to five years, we'll be seeing more specific recommendations in the guidelines for in-hospital cardiac arrest, which I think will be a benefit to all of us practicing critical care. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like this is still a field that can use a lot more guidance and it happens so frequently that any discoveries or guidelines that come out will have wide ranging implications. So finally, I want to live vicariously through both of you since I, I couldn't make the conference this year. Christina, I want to hear from you too, just because we've been talking a lot, but I'm curious what you're looking forward to. But what are you guys most looking forward to with the remaining time or the things that you've seen that have been most interesting that our listeners can live vicariously too? Yeah, I think one of my favorite days so far has been on Friday when I got to help teach some physiology to 
the resident boot camp attendees and definitely got to bring up some peep there. So that was really fun. I think a highlight of the conference for me. And I think it depends. The others, it depends on how introverted or extroverted I'm going to be. Um, <laughs> now for my introverted side, going to the clinical year in reviews is great because you just hear some great data. But when I'm a little bit more extroverted, I definitely like going to the smaller poster discussion sessions and you get to really meet and be one-on-one -on -one with the investigators and other big experts in the field. And in the remaining two days, obviously this RE session tomorrow, and then one of the case report sessions in critical care I'm really looking forward to on Wednesday. It's going to be vascular and cardiac. The best cases over the last year with that. That's great. Awesome. Ari, what about you? I, I totally agree with Christina that balancing the introvert and the extrovert is always a challenge of these conferences. <laughs> but honestly, yes, for me, it's all about the people and the connections. And I'm mostly looking forward to catching up with old friends and colleagues. Having recently moved to New York, it's always great to see my old friends from Boston and see what they're working on. And, and Dave, we miss you and wish you were here. Absolutely. I know we're going to have to I have to recap with everyone after the conference to hear about all the highlights. Thank you, Ari, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with an episode in two weeks and we'll be back with more episodes about sessions from ATS 2023. So if you're down there, enjoy the conference. And if you're not, we hope these episodes have been a helpful review of some of the things that are being talked about. Have a good one.